Shut up, I love it. Shut up. I love it. This is Joe Cabello, and I'm here with... Are you here with Sasha Filer? This is trying to do what you were just doing and failing. <laughs> it was interesting. An interesting take. We are here at Shut Up, I Love It. We're excited to be a very special guest. Let's just tell our guests first what Shut Up, I Love It is, Joe. Why don't you do that? Yeah, Shut Up, I Love It is the podcast where we bring on a guest to talk about something that's underappreciated. Uh, undervalued, misunderstood, maybe even hated, but they love it. That's what it's all about. That's absolutely true. And today's guest is an actor, writer, producer, and, well, let's not say who she is also, because it will reveal <laughs> the topic <laughs> Who trained in, phys- in physical theater, y'all, at the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art in London, question mark, because I'm overwhelmed. Her painfully, quote-unquote, painfully funny, it's a quote, you guys, solo show Juice Box was official selection 2020 at Chicago Sketch Fest, Dallas Comedy Fest, and HBO's Women in Comedy Fest. Hello. Welcome, Ann Zender. I love it. Hi. Hi. I was actually trying to impersonate... um, Tig Notaro does an amazing, uh, like, little clown horn, <gasps> or, uh, I mean, honk horn. <laughs> I don't you know just, what kind of sound that is. <laughs> you just busted out the C word. I and know, I did. I'm sorry. Like, you know what? Do you want to start again? We can just, we'll, no, you know. It's too late. <laughs> we'll just edit this out. We'll do a new intro. Nope, it's out. It's out there. And what are you here to talk about? Oh, well, I am here to talk about clowns. Um, to defend clowns as a clown, which was that. What? That's the word <laughs> that's, I didn't mention. Spo- yeah. yeah, spoiled, unspoiled part of my biography. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I think clowns have a bad rap. Um, I think that they're kind of, they're like, I think they're misunderstood. And a, a lot of people are like afraid of them. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's just like a lot of a lot of bad rap around clowns. But I also think there's also just like bad clowns out there. Oh, and it's kind shit. of like saying, you know, like, oh, I hate stand up comedy because I went to an open mic one time or something like that. You know? Yeah, that happens a lot where people seem to criticize something they have no experience in mm-hmm. and they've only ingested the worst of the worst of it. Yes. <laughs> you're like, no, come on. I'm just yeah. worried now that every clown's listening is worried is there. <laughs> Am I the terrible clown? clown? <laughs> <laughs> well, like, you know, we're already piling up all the clowns in one big pile. I mean, there's going to be just a lot of very physical, very visual metaphors in this podcast, as you can tell. <laughs> I think most people, when they hear clown, they're thinking very specific, like Ringnum, Barm- Barnum and Bailey's. Yeah, whatever Ringnum this, and Bailey. <laughs> what is it? Uh, whatever it is. <laughs> Ringers and ringers and billers, billers and cream. <laughs> Those guys, uh, they think about that. That yeah. is, is that what we're talking about? Are we talking about more than that? Because we've also had some cl- yeah. modern clowns on the show before. So we. Ooh, yeah. So I kind of want to distill down what what do you want people to envision, mm. even if it's several visions. I think it's kind of. I mean, I I like to I like to paint with a broad brush, and I think there's space for the kind of. Barnum and Bailey, you know, style clowns. We could talk about that. I think 
Um, that is what most people think of. I think clowns, uh, the kind of clowning that I studied and that like I perform and that a lot of people I know know isn't necessarily red nose. Like, you know, you don't necessarily have like the makeup and the nose, that, although that can sometimes be a part of it or like you can, there can be like a, a modern take on that or your makeup is just kind of messy or exaggerated in another way. Um, but yeah, I think I'm kind of, I'm defending all clowns. Like even... Even like scary clowns, you know, okay. in in movies and stuff. And I have I have reasons behind. Even though I don't like them, I still defend them. Okay, mm-hmm. I kind of want to. I think we find a structure within this <laughs> of micro defenses of each t- yes. type of clown. Uh, that's kind of what I want to hear because, especially this defense of horror clowns, sounds very interesting to me. But would you uh, would you call Mr. Bean a clown, like a yes. modern clown? I for think people? Mr. Bean is a clown. I think. Um, I think, I mean, so once, once you like study clowning, I don't know. I see clowns everywhere. And I Everything's think a clown. Like, <laughs> like I, I rewatched Friends a while back and that show does not hold up in a lot of ways, you know, in terms of um, homophobia and sexism and racism, but they're all clowns. Like they're all really good clowns they're physical performers they have like this comedic timing they do like a lot of physical reacting with their whole bodies like i think they're all clowns um and uh, and to, to interrupt you here a little bit yes is that the definition i know like we're not gonna get like here like a dictionary definition of a clown but physical comedy exaggerated movements perfect yeah, I timing think isn't there another like element i think there's yeah i think there's also an element of vulnerability or like and or heightened emotionality um that's so like heightened emotionality that's grounded in something real um and so i think you can see that in you know like <laughs> ross having like <laughs> a really big reaction to something i'm talking mm-hmm. about friends guys that <laughs> super modern show <laughs> it's a great reference <laughs> <Friends>. point <laughs> Um, uh. but, and, and like Chandler is think you know, like, you know, Ross Chandler, these are my main examples. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like I, I think when I talk about clowning, especially the way I approach it, I think it's a, it's a combination of vulnerability, uh, like deep vulnerability, uh, physical precision and audience connection. So I think you get that in. I don't know about the vulnerability part, but you get the like heightened emotionality that's like based in, in kind of real, um, uh, real emotions or grounded in real feelings in sitcoms as well sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, and when you say audience participation, you don't mean or like connection. You, you mean like participation, pretty much, right? Not like necessarily. It, no, not participation. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you, as a clown, uh, when you're performing live, you're always aware of the audience. So there's no fourth wall in like classical clowning if you're you know if if you're performing there's no sort of fake wall between you and the audience anything that is um that goes on in the audience a response a laughter a groan even a lack of response is like noted by the clown and acknowledged in some way and uh that's my clowning teacher would talk about casting the net which is like sort of this invisible net that you cast over the whole audience but also over individuals and always having that eye to like, if something happens over here, you do have to acknowledge it, but then you also have to keep your ear open to 
the rest of the rest of the room. So there's, if you watch, I mean, I, uh, Natalie Palomides is an amazing modern clown who I could refer to. And people, if mm-hmm. they haven't watched Nate on Netflix, definitely should. But you can watch her work that audience and see, like, you just see her t- head turn, you know, when somebody laughs over here or makes a different sound. And, and there is interaction often in clowning um, because there is that lack of barrier. But I think it's even... Like there's like a sensitivity to the audience too of of being like whatever you do, like I I know it's happening. You can't hide from me in this space. You know, there's no hiding from a clown. I think in a live show, the terror you just described the terror <laughs> of it. Um, and it, it w- is it is it's really it is, <laughs> and I think that's I think the vulnerability also makes like if a if a performer is being vulnerable and then also really tuned into the audience, it kind of asks the audience to be vulnerable in a way. And I think when you're actually in a show, like watching Nate on Netflix, you might be like, oh, shit, I wouldn't want to be in the audience. But I think it's so different (laughs) when you're in the room and you might still have that feeling. But I bet you'd also have like a magnetic feeling of like, you know, like, how do you get that really shy guy to volunteer to be the, you know, um, the guy she calls up? To get his balls grabbed, spoiler alert. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, how do you? um, So just, yeah, just things like that. So did you come to uh, cl- clowning through acting or improv or on mm. its own? And is this fancy school that you went to mm. study uh, clowning is like the school for clowns? or um, what, what is- Not necessarily the school for clowns. No, I mean, if people want to study clowning, they usually go to... France. Uh, right? Yeah, Ecole Philippe Gaulier. Mm. Um, or Le Coq, if they're wanting to do more like mime kind of style stuff. Um, but my teacher, so I went, I was in a, a, a kind of physical theater program that drew on a lot of different um, traditions. So I had like a term in which we studied clowning and my teacher was, a, was Goliath trained and, and she trained with him, I think in like this, oh, I don't know, like 70s or 80s. And so she has her also her own breadth of work and is like an amazing teacher and practitioner but she comes from that same kind of like traditional style. So that's how I initially came to clowning. But I think I also like had been exposed to like Commedia dell'arte really young, which is the origin of clowning The or like um, Arlecchino, who's one of the archetypal characters in mm-hmm. dell'arte is Arlecchino in Russian, just so you know. Yeah. <laughs> da. da. Arlecchino. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so, d- like, I think I'd always had, like, a little bit of exposure to, like, physical comedy. And, like, I, I loved watching. I lo- I had, like, I Love Lucy on VHS mm-hmm. when I was growing up that I would just watch all the time. So I think I always had, I had, like, this um, impulsive kind of connection to it. But, yeah, in terms of, like, mm-hmm. the art form, as it were, that being at RADA was, like, my first exposure to it. And then after I graduated and I still, I lived in London for a couple more years after that, I continued just studying with that teacher. So I could kind of, you know, get, get more out of the practice and figure out how to integrate it into like the character work that I was already doing. And that really like unlocked a bunch of stuff for me. Yeah. It sounds like there's basically kind of this classic uh, clowning, but then it's since like permeated so many other art forms as you would expect, you know, a good tool and uh, good things to, to do so. Because, yeah, you're, like, referencing Friends and I, I Love Lucy. 
Uh, yeah, I'll bring up. So you, I'll bring up something a little more modern. Even all, already off the air, Veep on HBO. Yeah, because I'm on the Veep train. I mean, uh, Julie Louis Dreyfus, like she's a total clown. Yeah, like, and the so stuff is, she does with Gary. Yes, like, when she like Gary picks her up or like like I don't know like gives her like a wipe or something like that. Like they do this exactly. Well, he's like, a clown stuff. too. Right. I I'm just like completely blanking on his uh, that actor's name right now, and it's, it might come to me. But yeah, he's a clown. He's amazing. He's not like trained as a clown. He just Tony you know, it's, Hale, right? Thank you, Tony yeah. Hale. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah. Like yeah, absolutely. I I think so many. Sh- I think even like a lot of these. Um, I think the whole style of like a f- mockumentary like really allows for clowning because you have that lack of like barrier between. In this case, mm. it's sort of the performer and the camera, but like the idea that you're uh, directing things. Um, mm-hmm. to the camera and and aware of the camera if even if you're not talking directly to it i think that is like a great tool for for mm-hmm. translating clowning from like a live setting to a tv setting mm-hmm. and when would you say like just to wrap up this defense of clown as this movement this tool mm-hmm. in acting and comedy when did clown itself like swept the scene, so to say. Like, I mean, Joe and I can share our experiences when we noticed, I guess, in LA, in comedy scene, yeah, like, that all of a sudden clown was as big, if not bigger at this point, than improv. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's still fairly unique to LA compared to mm. other places that I have lived. Um, when I lived in London, there were definitely people I knew, like, in the acting community, like, through either improv acting or, like, my training who also had or went on to go to Gollier and, like, study there. So, like, there definitely was, like, a, an kind of momentum on, on that mm-hmm. front. And I also haven't lived there since uh, 2017. So, it, I, I don't know. It might have even picked up even more. I think what there was a lot of there is... Um, solo character performers um that's really really common people Mm -hmm. make solo shows take them to edinburgh fringe there's like a there's a track for like basically you can go there if you do well you might get transferred to the soho theater in london and maybe you get a deal to write a pilot like um you know fleabag started off as a as a one person show like there's Mm -hmm. obviously most one person shows don't turn into fleabag but that's (laughs) just like a really successful example and not to say and i think there's a i mean i'm sure there's some people who would who would say like clowning something very specific and i i do feel that way to a degree but i just see it like permeating a lot of a lot of different things and i think that idea of like solo character performance just lends itself to clowning because mm-hmm. you're like you're there by yourself so the only people you could play with are the audience mm. yeah it seems as like it's so close to stand up to especially crowd work stand up yeah and yeah. um it just kind of makes sense that people would start to see the the tools and be like okay i i do stand up but i feel like I don't, I don't really know what I'm doing with it, but then they see it through the lens of clowning and they're like, oh, wait, I kind of understand this. And then they end up doing kind of an amalgamation of totally. the two things yeah. they And liked. I think, I think it can be like overlaid onto, you know, onto things. Like, like I said, I think there's like a very pure form, which is one thing. And there's, and there's even kind of like subsects within that, but I, I definitely think the tools of it can be overlaid onto other performative art forms. Yeah. How about Sasha? 
Tell us your experience before this with clowns. Uh. My experience was I was very neutral about clowns my whole life, my whole childhood. <laughs> I was very neutral. Like if I went to circus, I'd be like, I don't care about the clowns. I want to see the dogs doing tricks. Like that was just me. Did you go like, to the circus a lot as a child? Kind of. Like it was like a pastime in, in Siberia. Cool. Yeah. Was it Robert yeah. Bingley's? Robert <laughs> Bingley's. I doubt it. I doubt it. <laughs> It was some like traveling, like it was probably because I, I grew up like in a provincial uh, industrial town. Um, it was probably like a, a Moscow, like circus, like, like that's their, how do you call it? Like a tour, like touring. Yeah, traveling, just like a traveling yeah, circus. Yeah. And they would just like, so we had actual building, circus building, mm. but there was no, I think, circus there. But there was always like circus happening because all these big theaters would come. That's so cool. So I've, I've gone to a good share of circuses, like circus performances. But I was, uh, and in Moscow too, when I went there, it went quite a few. But I was always interested more in animals. But um, so I, I kind of had neutral feelings about clowns and even watching movies, which I know we're going to get into. I never felt like, oh my God, I have to be afraid of clowns. I was like, I can see how you can make a clown look creepy. But I wasn't like, like that's the thing that I'm mostly afraid of. Mm-hmm. But then, of course, Chad Demiani becomes like this big powerhouse clown, <laughs> uh, you know, friend guru, of the show, kind of, end of the show. Uh, <laughs> uh, but he becomes this such a huge uh, force in comedy scene in general. And he I want to I don't want to say single handedly, but I think we're all owed to him that he really pushes for this acceptance first and then obsession for many people of comedians who previously were improvisers only and a lot of them people who maybe were a little bit disenchanted like felt like just not as excited about improv anymore as they were in the very beginning because of um, the hierarchy of auditions or just because they felt like it was not physical enough and a lot of times they were in their heads for the first time, they were like, oh, there's a tool where I can really open up. And yeah, after seeing Jet, so they're like, how do you do that? And I mean, I was, you know, I was friends with both Juzo and Chad already in the, way before uh, Jetsu came together. Uh, I witnessed the birth. Um, <laughs> it came feet out first, uh, screaming in <laughs> Japanese. Uh, but it was, um, but it was always like a cool, it's just a really cool thing to see just develop in front of your eyes. And even now that we live in this strange world of current apocalypse, it's like exists because Chad, you know, has Zoom classes that are pretty awesome and keeps he, us all in shape. Yeah, he totally so do, he totally pulled. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I just no. want to give him huge credit because he gave me hope again, I think, about performance in I was supposed to be traveling and touring in 2020 with a live show and then all that got canceled. And I was just like what am I doing? I don't really know how to like be a digital performer. Mm. That's not my strong suit. And then like I had seen him, I had, I'd gone to LA uh, in October of 2019 just to like come down and see some shows and hang out and just, and I saw him do his live direct show. And I was like this, I want to be on this show. This is so fun. Mm, <laughs> and yeah. then I was following him on Instagram and I saw when he, I saw he was teaching like zoom specific clowning i was like okay i need to do this because this is exactly where i need to just be kind of 
stretched and shaken up a little bit because before that it was just it just was like when am I ever going to be able to perform live again who knows <laughs> yeah we'll put up the link for Chad's uh clown improv gym I think that's what yep. he calls it sig yeah so if people are interested but so I think we're uh, Joe what about you what is your relationship right now with clown uh, so, uh, of course, you know, as a kid, you'd see the classic clowns, but then, yeah, as like, per- you begin to perform more and see the clownings, the, the more modern, uh, clowning stuff through the improv community and stand-up community that was starting to do it. I definitely got an appreciation for it. Cause I just saw it as like, yeah, this is like, this is what even great stand-ups who don't do crowd work do, you know, like they know when to pause, give a look yeah. and just all these little things. And I was like, Oh, this is like such a great tool. Even if like, maybe I don't want to watch some of the like very clown specific shows. Uh, you know, it's like, it's still so awesome, but I actually do a lot of clowning myself cause I teach, um, karate to preschoolers to third graders. And mo- my classes aren't like strict karate classes. They're more <laughs> fantasy and fun. And That's I'm, awesome. I'm doing all the, the classic bits as well as, anything else like drinking a drink drinking water on your forehead and being like wait where's my mouth and having them say up or down and me then going too far down and drinking it through my belly button things like that you know so I love that like type of humor and I found it it, like so valuable adopting it to my teaching it's made teaching my classes so much more fun uh so yeah I'm a big proponent of clowns uh but I know they're so missed like the art form is misunderstood because uh, I did a live show that was a variety show about emo music. So people could do stand up, making fun of it, sketch or whatever. And we had some clowns. So we put on the flyer, you know, uh, sketch, stand up, clowning, music. And everybody I handed the flyer was like, what's clowning? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, fuck. And it, I, be- I basically had to do this podcast hundreds of times <laughs> yeah. in a line handing out the things. <laughs> Uh, so I, I can understand as a performer, it's a bit of a, a hurdle still to get through. I think it is. And I think that's why when Sasha said, you know, like, when is it kind of taken over by force? I think it's I'm so glad that it's happening in L.A. and probably some other larger cities. But I know when I first did Juicebox in Portland, I like was really cautious about even using the word clown in my description at all. I was mm. like, I don't want people to not come because they think it's something else yeah and then after the show when people would be like holy shit i've never seen anything like that what was that i would be like oh it's clowning <laughs> like yeah. and then i could tell you know like, like i don't know yeah it's funny <laughs> yeah um because i i don't know i think and i've i still have to like get gauge that when i like submit it to festivals or if i'm in a festival and i'm like writing the description i'm like mm, how much emphasis do i put on <laughs> like what city am i in and like how much understanding of of mm-hmm. this art form is there or do i just kind of make it more like a broader character description so yeah, yeah. it's it's weird to have it in your copy and be like people be like oh well. and that is such a i think that's mm-hmm. why yeah like that response too I, I always am i think you're right they they picture i think people picture like ronald mcdonald you know or like a birthday mm-hmm. party clown or they mm-hmm. picture like a, a horror clown yeah, and they might even think like a show about that. I'm sure it's funny, but I don't want to see. Yeah, I don't want to just get squirted with a little flower mm-hmm. in your yeah. lapel the whole show or whatever. Like, yeah, I yeah. think it's almost because I think in Europe, from my understand, I I don't know, but 
there's a broader understanding yes. already in the culture about clown, right? Yeah, especially in continental Europe. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. I think more getting to be more so in the UK, but yeah, definitely like France, Italy, Spain, they all have tradition, like, you know, uh, Western mm-hmm. Europe have like these traditions going back to these touring, mostly like commedia groups or, or adaptations of commedia groups. So they under they kind of understand it a little bit more. Although even in that sphere, then it's I think in Europe you might run into a little bit more of people having that very like classic view of what a clown is and like maybe being like, oh, what you're doing is not actually right. Yeah, or something, you, you know, could disappoint or, either people yeah. either yeah. side <laughs> yeah. of them. Yeah. Exactly. Well, hopefully your show is good enough that they enjoy it. They might just be like, that's not clown. Well, I don't yeah. think they would say that. But. I enjoyed it, but it was not clown. <laughs> it was yeah, not you what wrong. you described. <laughs> It's and I would argue not. that it is, but you know. <laughs> yeah, but, but I think the closest in this country we've come to um, like a big audience and big enough, I guess, audience to understand what clown is was when Baskets came out, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, he's doing exactly what, like sort of a mix, good mix of traditional clown that we know about, right? And just like a lot of physical comedy, but then he also dreams about becoming a working clown. I guess. Right. And also he is like, he is a clown. Just the, the naked character is a clown mm-hmm. in the show. And so are, are like almost all so the characters around. Or, yeah. Or like all the characters. And yeah. the mom and like, and the mom. yeah, like mm-hmm. all of the, yeah. So like, it's, it's like multi-level. <laughs> yeah, Several multi-level clown layers. It's an amazing clown show. Shit. I mean, it is. Yeah. Basket's an amazing show. But I, I think that's what started changing people's minds. Because uh, I know my husband was like, clowns? What what we're we talking about? And then it was mm. like, oh, okay. But he still is very afraid of audience participation and like eye contact. Yeah, yeah so, he is my, so is my husband. Like he always, I mean, I wouldn't pull him on stage during my show because that would mm-hmm. be weird and like yeah. cheating. <laughs> like, <laughs> like right. I know exactly. How, yeah, but he always yeah. like, He's a he's a sits in the back person at most shows. Mm-hmm. Like he he also once was at like a live taping of a huge stand up show and he got called out in the audience mm-hmm. and like was where you know, because he was wearing like a scarf or something that mm-hmm. kind of made it and he got asked something and like, you know, gave the kind of like wrong answer that was the right answer you know what it like the answer that the comedian mm-hmm. was trying to set him up for basically and mm-hmm. then got laughed at by everybody i think it was kind of traumatizing for <laughs> for Not for fun. all time they're easily traumatized like that people who don't you know i don't know if he performs a lot but like i mean i know he's not, not a performer at all yeah so no. like yeah. jay isn't performer either and i think that is the biggest fear for him it's like what if they embarrass me or you know what i yeah. mean i think underneath he doesn't say it like that but i think that's the biggest fear but i think good clowns really know how to toe that line like they know mm-hmm. they can first of all read people they can see when people are either too eager to come up and they can shut them down like if they're like because then you get you know you get people in the audience who are like yeah i'll come up and i'll do something really mm-hmm. you know like i'm gonna somehow upstage sure. this really yeah, well rehearsed show. i can outsmart you <laughs> yeah yeah and then like i think clowns are very good at like either shutting down that energy not not bringing them up if the if like they're too aggressive or just being like kind of making those people get laughed at mm-hmm. because and but then if somebody's like really kind of like timid but does you know does engage like towing that line of like I'm going to push you a little bit further but I'm also here for you buddy you know kind <laughs> of um I think I think yeah. it's it's sort I, of a delicate line but yeah, yeah. I was just think yeah go ahead Joe 
Oh, just that uh, kind of to the point we were making earlier, like there's more bad stand-up than good stand-up. Right. But people don't mm-hmm. s- say like stand-up is bad. Right. right. Yeah. Right. It's like, I mean, all through my 20s, like I just had so many people to like I did stand up for a while and I just have people come up to me after shows and be like wow you're like the funniest woman I've ever seen or like I didn't think women were funny or like I can't even believe that's still a thing but you know and and a lot of that was just like of course representation and like if you only if you're seeing mostly dudes and the occasional woman do stand up and who knows if that woman is like just started or like has been doing it for a while. Like mm-hmm. then you're, you're judging everything based on like the mm-hmm. one woman you see in any given lineup because they used, to, I'm sure there's some places they still do, but they used to only put one woman on. Mm-hmm. And that was, uh, that was a hundred percent improvement from the previous numbers. Yes, exactly. So really... <laughs> exactly. I, yeah. I was thinking just now of how, I mean, how, like I, I said that it, clown is popular in the LA comedy scene. But then immediately I was like thinking like, but do Asian agents and managers know about it? Right. And I'm like, I don't think so. I feel like if I say to my manager like, look, like I I, I have a clown class, right? Or no, it's not. It's not like if you yeah. were doing be like, like what? Yeah, if you were on like a UCB house team or like a mod team or something like that has a totally different, I think, yeah. clout. And of course that took decades to establish that clout as well and it's gone now yeah exactly but it did it had a you know it 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 grows to this kind of level of like oh this is the path i need to take if i want to move to la and write on a you know a tv show or be on Mm -hmm. you know like this is if i want to be a comedian like this is the kind of this is a viable path i feel like was Mm -hmm. that was there for a while and now there's nothing left nothing there's no viable (laughs) path nothing's happening which is very validating for me (laughs) never never chose a viable path (laughs) it's very good when everything's crumbled to the ground yeah like oh good i'm glad i didn't chase that dream (laughs) (laughs) so evil all of us so i think we've covered enough covered enough for now for the of the modern clown and understanding of what that is so should we move on to the horror film i want to hear the your your movie horror (laughs) thing for it yeah okay what's what's that so i kind of mentioned this before but i think i think the reason that a lot of people don't like clowns is because clowns represent kind of like heightened emotions uh, parts of ourselves that we don't want to look at a lot of times people in our society were pretty repressed, you know, um, emotionally, uh, and we don't like to be embarrassed. We don't like to, to feel vulnerable and exposed and clowns. If they're, I think if they're good clowns, they're, they have like a certain level of vulnerability through exposing emotions and like sometimes what might be seen as like over the top emotions or crazy emotions. Um, and I think, so I don't like horror movies, so I don't like horror clowns. Mm. And that's sort of my kind Excuse. of... Excuse. Yeah, but like, I just don't, like, some people really enjoy being scared and I don't. <laughs> um, mm. So, but I do think they represent this, I think horror clowns, like, represent a, a kind of, like, evil that we all possess or like a potential for evil that we all possess or like this anger or meanness that we all possess and that's why i think they still fall under the category of like like of like classic clowns is that like they're taking one emotion or like really this and Mm -hmm. and putting it into this kind of like id container if you will Mm -hmm. like and i think Mm -hmm. all clowns are kind of id creatures you know 
Um, and, and then, you know, acting from that. So from a point of, you know, if they're evil clowns from a point of, um, lust, you know, lust for blood, lust for sex, lust for whatever creepiness, but like things that actually, if we dig down, we can identify in ourselves, but we don't want to. And we're also like, obviously afraid of having those emotions, um, forced upon us, um, or those actions forced upon us. So I don't know if that's like, that's my defense because is that I think they're like playing out something that's actually in all of us. Mm-hmm. We yeah. see ourselves in clowns. I, I don't, I think we don't want to see ourselves. In we clowns. don't want to, but and I yeah. think that's, I think that's why a lot of people mm-hmm. find them creepy. And I also think this is why, like, I know some kids are afraid of clowns, but I, I think for the most part, kids are not afraid of clowns. Right, I was going to ask you, yeah, isn't there like a switch that happens? Yeah, but I think it's because kids aren't as afraid of vulnerability and emotions. And they're not as afraid, they're not like, until a certain age when you learn how to be embarrassed mm-hmm. and how to feel shame, you're not as aware of like, oh, if I do this, I'm going to look stupid or... You know, so I think they love being entertained in that like really physical way. Like Joe is talking about, like you know, trying to drink his water through his forehead and then his belly button or whatever. You know, like there, I think kids really like to to kind of like um, see that kind of like heightened heightened emotion, heightened silliness. Um, obviously, I wouldn't like put a horror clown at a kid's birthday party. I don't think that would be a good mix. Because, <laughs> but know. I think even a normal clown, like the traditional white face yeah. paint and stuff, is terrifying for a kid. Considering like a dad will shave his beard and that'll scare the <laughs> shit out of a kid. So you see some person with completely white face, red lips, hair coming out. You're like, if you're a young enough kid, you're like, I've never seen anything like that before. But so I think like, if, if yeah. that clown, though, does something that, like, actually, like, charms you or wins you over, then you can have, like, a, a positive association with it. But, yeah, I think you're right. There's, like, a there's a point. that That's where you get it. Because, you know, parties, party clowns might have mm-hmm. skills or they might not. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. What is it yeah. in Billy Madison when the clown falls off the stilts and cracks his head open oh. and everyone just kicks him? <laughs> yeah, Billy Madison sounds right. Uh, all right, but uh, that's. Uh, have you seen? Yeah, I know you're not a horror fan, but uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. No, I'm aware of it, but no. Do you like those clowns? I mean, I don't like them, and <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, but I defend them because I think they're representing this kind of like creepy id. You know, I don't know. They're, they're killers, so they're going to have, like, that height. They're going to be the most killer that they can be. <laughs> Clowns yeah, are always trying to win. They, they enjoy it. Yeah, they really enjoy yeah. the killing more than any other killer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we've covered... Um, a few groups of clowns, subgroups. Is there any subgroup of clowns that we mm. haven't addressed? What do you say when like people say, like, this person is such a clown? Oh, I think it's, I mean, um, I think this is an answer to your question. I saw, like, on <laughs> my friend on Facebook posted, like, a. she lives in Baltimore, and, like, she posted, like, an advisory from their, like, local health authority that was, like, a clown putting on makeup. And then at the bottom, it was like, don't be a clown. 
have Super Bowl, you know, like basically don't mm. get together for a Super Bowl party, like mm-hmm. do it remotely. And I was like, this is offensive to clouds. <laughs> <So laughs> I, think, I think there is this idea. Although, I mean, would a, would a clown probably take more risks during COVID? Maybe. Mm, or maybe, maybe a clown would like rise to the occasion of the barriers that COVID presents like you know wearing a mask and having to be far apart from each other and like i think a clown could live within those confines and like Mm. make it as enjoyable and fun and funny as possible Mm -hmm. i did really want to write a mr bean style bit about face masks uh but it's a little little beyond my clown skills (laughs) like just all the ways he could mess that up so i think yeah i could see so much humor in a clown you know keeping six feet in a and having to do it even when they have to go vertical to keep right. six feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting I a like shovel it. to dig six feet underground. <laughs> I think clown f- would feel very lonely six feet away from anybody. That's, I mean, that's a real thing that I've been thinking about a lot um, in terms of performing live and like uh, it's so. Uh, I so. I got into, by lottery, got into Orlando Fringe Festival last year, and it got postponed to this year, and they're going forward with it. Um, I decided not to travel. I just don't feel safe doing it. They're doing a lot of, like, reduced capacity and temperature checks and masks. They're doing everything right. It just didn't feel right to me. And part of it was, like, I'd have to do my show in a mask. And Mm -hmm. although I think for, I think that would be a really fun challenge for, like, making a new show because you'd have to like you can't express with your (laughs) you know you you just have such limitations on like what your your lower face can do it just didn't feel like it would work with a show that i had that already existed if i adapted Mm -hmm. it it would just be like a totally different show and that's not really what i wanted to what i wanted to do but like yeah just thinking about like god i go into the audience so much i do a lot of like Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of saliva involved in my show. <laughs> <laughs> Not actually proximate to any, you know, but like there's a threat of it, you know. Yeah. And like, just and like, you don't want to pull back or anything. Right, exactly. And how do you how do you do that in like in a space where you have to really like be honor people's space and um, yeah, it's something I haven't I definitely haven't come to any conclusions on, but I've been thinking about a lot. I I want to ask you this, Anne. Mm-hmm. Let's say my father-in-law listening to this podcast. He okay. listens to all the episodes. Hi. Friend of the he's show. He's a boomer. He's definitely a friend and friend of the show. What's his name? He's, his name is Roger. Hi, Roger. That's my dad's name, too. And he'll oh, probably listen so to this. Cute. So, hi, Roger and dad. <laughs> hi, Rogers. Rogers are great, by the <laughs> yeah. way. Yeah. 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 We always talk about how Roger, Rogers are great. Um, but... Let's say he is listening to, he's like, okay, well, because he usually checks out like the thing that mm. we talk about on this podcast. And what he's like, well, what is this mm. new clown stuff that we're talking about? Like, what is this? How do I become more? And, and I'm not saying that he wants to do it, but maybe somebody does. But maybe Roger wants to know, how do I become more aware of this type of clown work that they're talking mm. about? Like, how, what do I watch? So or yeah, what's that? point one? Like, yeah, this person's probably going to give up quick if it's not. Oh, uh, accessible. No, baskets? Baskets a little... I mean, maybe baskets. I really, really recommend Nate. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, okay. as like... Uh, mm-hmm. I know Nate some... Netflix. We'll put the... Um, yeah, the and, and I do... And I, like... I know that it's not for everybody, but, like, clowning isn't for everybody. 
Um, but mm-hmm. I think she does an amazing job. I actually sent the link to an, another performer I know, um, and who was in the festival uh, festival with me, and she she started watching it, and she she emailed me back, and she was like, "I don't know why you like this. This is just some guy doing stuff that's not that great." And she like just had missed that it was. You know, that it was a woman perform, and I was like, oh, it's a woman, it's this person, and and she didn't really have a lot of familiarity with clowning either, so I kind of gave her a little bit of, I think, uh, a little bit of parameters, and I think, uh, and then she went back and watched it, and she was like, oh my god, this is amazing, (laughs) and, like, it's very different to, like, know that somebody is, like, performing masculinity versus, you know. That's so crazy. Exhibiting it, (laughs) yes. (laughs) But it was a great what a cool opportunity to actually be able to talk about it that way. So I would like, even though I wouldn't tell them very much about it, I would say like, this is a woman named Natalie Palomides and she made this show. If you think they're <laughs> maybe more likely to duck out, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's a good, good shout for mm-hmm. modern clown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, or Dane I mean, Cook, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> I, I consider Dane Cook one of our America's greatest living clowns. I I actually am not familiar enough with his work to be honest to to say one way or the one way or the other. Did and I know he's going to be Joe. really hurting for the lack of me in his audience. Uh, yeah, he's hurting and he's texting me about it right now. Uh, Dane Dane Cook very uh, as far as stand-ups adopting clown big movements. He did that the the circular show where he's okay. just climbing all over the circle. Uh, facing every audience member uses sound effects and a lot of like mm-hmm. he's acting as if every audience member is a camera in a sitcom yeah mm. that's that's exactly like the casting the net thing I was describing earlier where you're kind of like you're you you hone in on different people and then you hone in on the whole space and then one section of the space and then this person you know like you're kind of constantly you can't just sort of like settle in one position yeah it's very it's very dynamic what about carrot top <laughs> well i think carrot top is a clown too yeah for sure i mean for sure i mean there's i mean this is the thing i think there are actually so many different clowns that you can find one that you that like i think natalie palomita speaks the most to me out of those pe- you know those three and, people, and but she's I think the most that, clown like more pure clown than uh carrot top maybe carrot top i think now, carrot but, top uh, is, pretty, hair is very pure clown. dane He's, cook's more stand-up with clown yeah. mentality um i re- i mean i st- i always though like also i know this isn't modern but like just go and watch anything anything yeah go and watch friends <laughs> <laughs> ignore all them. the blatant homophobia transphobia <laughs> racism sexism <laughs> but just watch them and their physicality and their reactions no i i mean i really think like watch anything with buster keaton or charlie chaplin mm-hmm. or lucille ball like go way back like just and and like or even like the three stooges just go back and just watch some stuff and see like does this make me laugh if especially if you've never watched any of that stuff i think um you know you can find a lot of um, amazing material and that's all like those are all films of people of clowns who like cut their teeth in vaudeville so like they had all that live you know performance experience and then the marx brothers marx brothers yes thank Mm -hmm. you um yeah that's that's i think i would always just recommend checking those out too even though they're not modern (laughs) awesome before we move to the final chapter of our (laughs) podcast (laughs) where we talk about 
um, when we rate clown against other <laughs> phenomena of life, yeah. Um, is there anything else we haven't covered that we need to mention? I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. I'm not an expert. Like I'm just. A, I'm like I am. Uh, I feel like this is part of my art and it's part of my learning experience, but I'm. I'm not an expert, so, you know, there's definitely a lot of things that I haven't covered. I, I was almost going to, like, brush up on my, you know, my uh, class notes from five years ago from being in my master's <laughs> program to try to give, like, more history, and I was just like, oh, this is too hard. Not necessary. <laughs> I, know the, I know the rough history. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, I like the way you framed it, uh, which is kind of like seeing, the, seeing it as this incredible tool that can be, you know, used at 100% or 10%. Yeah, totally. Totally. And also that it just comes out of, I mean, at least I, I'm aware of it coming out of like West, like very old Western traditions, but there's also like Eastern traditions that have, you know, clowning and African traditions that like these archetypes, it's an archetype. So it, it goes back to like theater. Yeah, in Kabuki all parts theater. Of the, yeah, Kabuki yeah, exactly. And, Kabuki, and, and, yep. and versus the um, no, no, which is like yep. a very yep. no, like very yeah. upsetting, like oh, like I know. Intense. We yeah. did know mm -hmm. in my <laughs> we had an amazing <laughs> nice. Japanese teacher. <laughs> oh, that sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, gotta bring somebody on this podcast to talk about no, like an expert in no. <laughs> and I'll then see like, if she's available. Can, oh my god! Like I swear <laughs> to God, like that sounds amazing. Um, I've seen a Kabuki performance in t Tokyo, but I've never yeah. seen no, and I'm like, Ooh, that's amazing. Uh, cool. Well, actually, do you know, I I lied. She was more of a Suzuki teacher which is like a modern I'll, version I'll of her. it draws on different more ancient traditions we'll but yes. take her if she's, <laughs> <laughs> if she's on the team uh, all right well let's move on to the final chapter of this uh episode like any other episode of shut up i love it joe would you describe and how it works yes so what you're going to be rating uh this on is on a scale of anything you want uh so Ten point it, scale 10 point scale so it could be hot dogs are number 10 it could be improv is nine and you want to give clowning a 10 anything it's pretty loose and if that's not clear enough me and sasha will go first mm -hmm. i think you guys i think you guys should go first we, we, oh, we will we, yeah. we, you have no choice oh okay that. well i agree with your <laughs> formatting and i appreciate <laughs> it thank you um joe do you want to go first sure all right. I will say, uh, let's go with improv. I'm going to go Ooh. as my thing that I'm basing it off of. I very much uh, like improv. I love doing it. Uh, all those hierarchy things Sasha had briefly mentioned aside, uh, I think you could ignore those very easily if you're of sound mind. I'm going to give mm -hmm. improv a, uh, a seven. No. I'm... <laughs> I'm going to give it an This is really disaster. clarifying the ranking system. I'm going to give it a nine. <laughs> All right. And I'm going to give clowning. Seven wasn't too bad either because you had to include the bad improv in there too. Yeah, I was, I'm kind of, I'm going at the level of like performing it. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to give it an eight and I'm going to give clowning a seven. And so improv was, where did we end up with the improv? Eight. Okay, so we went seven, nine to eight. <laughs> All right, so pretty close. Yeah, this one was, it was a hard That's one. That's it. There's no, there's no <laughs> elaboration on it. All right, I'll go next. Um, I want to do two scales, guys, real quick. One is for performing, and another one's for watching. 
Okay, okay. I should have done something like that, but I'll let you, you have can't. it. You, yeah, we can. Um, I'm sure we can go back. We can go back, yeah. <laughs> so if I were to talk about watching, mm, like, the best... I don't, I don't know who the best clowns are, but, like, I don't know. The best clowns. Who are the best clowns? I'm watching the best clowns versus I'm watching the best improvisers. Um... I would probably give the best improviser like Awesome Show a 10. Like a Jason Manzuka is at his best type of very not clowning person. The opposite of clowning. Um, and an amazing clown who's like blowing my mind apart. Hmm. Probably give it a 9. Just, just below. Improv I'm very, love, I'm very disappointed with these both of these. Oh my you god, <laughs> you were very, very generous. So performing, though, performing, I'm gonna give clown a nine and improv a seven because some of them are so awesome, and when you really connect with another person, but like clown, you can kind of just like you you win even if you lose right like you're still having a great time the worse you're performing like as long as you're pushing like everything you got you are having a good time like i enjoy doing clown a lot more like as a guarantee than doing improv i mean i obviously enjoy doing improv a lot and i miss it so much and you know and there's like great shows but then there's like bad shows i've never like done clown and felt like i didn't get what i wanted out of it mm. That's what I got. What about yeah. you, Anne? Well, I, I'm going to stick with this comparison of improv and clowning because I've also been doing improv for a long time. And um, I, so to watch, I, I like Sasha's, uh, <laughs> Sasha's comparison, like watching an amazing improv show. I think I would, I would reverse it. I would say like, I would give a, a mate, like just like, like white women is one of my favorite groups to watch. And I've got to see them a couple times. Shout and I out. saw them with friends of the show. Friends yeah. Of the show. With, um, with Natasha Rothwell guest starring at DCM a couple of years ago. That was like a, just an amazing show. And I can't believe I'm saying this because I think they're amazing, but I would give that like a nine. If, if the scale is only nine to 10, is very high. If the scale is only to 10. Yeah, the shut up. This is this is insanely high, by the way. For shut up, I love. Yeah, it. yeah. Mm -hmm. And then if, but if I'm watching a clown, who just, I think the difference for me about clown is that you get all you get all the catharsis. You might cry during mm -hmm. a clown show, and then the next mm -hmm. second be laughing. If you're watching, and like that journey to me is a ten. Like that is, I think that's what I love. And like amazing improv, I'm just like laughing the whole time, you know, but like mm -hmm. an amazing clown show, I have kind of an emotional journey. And usually you're like laughing, laughing, laughing. And then you suddenly get dropped and you're like, Oh, Oh my God, something serious is happening. And like going through the feelings of discomfort and then sadness and then back to laughing is like such an amazing road. And I also, I think performing wise, um, I, I've, I love improv and I've been performing it for so long, but I would also put it, put it like maybe, oh God, it's so varied, isn't it? It's like, mm -hmm. I just You're get- not offending anybody. Yeah, no, I'm offending it. myself. Um, mm -hmm. I probably put it like a six because mm -hmm. it's so varied for me, whether I have a good show or not. And I still, even with all my clown draining, I still get really in my head in mm -hmm. improv in some shows. And I'm just like overthinking everything and thinking, you know, thinking about format and thinking about like, 
you know, hear everything. Trying to remember, yeah, what's been said before. before. What, what is that guy's name? But when I'm in clown <laughs> state, I remember everything. When I'm in mm-hmm. clown state, I remember like what that audio, like when that audience member coughed before and what it sounded like because, and then I can imitate it at any time. And I like, you know, like there's just something different about True it. True to your saliva warning. Yeah, exactly. The All the saliva. I forgot to mention that a key element to clowning is saliva. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I would definitely, I mean, I put performing clowning at like a 10 and i think even i do think i have moments where uh, on stage where i'm like oh this isn't going well as a clown but then you're like like sasha said you just realize like either i lean into it not going well or like you you, because it's all about acknowledging the audience's reaction you have you can't hide from them Mm -hmm. so like in improv i think you can still kind of be like oh people aren't laughing but you just want to like oh i mean like there's always i don't know about joe but like i've had a show like at least you know like i remember the feeling well like i want the show to end yeah yes. oh yeah you're like oh, can it we still have over? 20 minutes yeah <laughs> can this set just be over but then i'm like but my job is right now to not have that feeling right exactly. so what do i do you know but in clown i don't find myself having those Same. feelings Same. and i want to say just do little things to uh, comment on what you were saying, and well, one is, I, I, for my, for my actually comment to what I was saying is that one of the best clown teams that I've seen were Jetso, and like when Jetso had a great show, I mean it's it's like one of the best and one of the best, and like you know, yeah, still miss those two together. But like when I, you know, it's and also because they're my friends, but it's right. just like seeing them at their most despicable is a treat yeah a treat that the world is missing and wants it to come back to the world and second i was i was wondering why improv sometimes puts people in their heads performers Mm. and clown does i mean like you're saying id right like it goes Mm. back to id and to subconscious and like clown is just it's, it's it's really it's really it only works and it works for almost like everybody um by putting them in the present moment yeah mm-hmm yeah, it's, and it forces the flow state because there's no way to, you know, to there's no narrative. Hopefully, right? Yeah, I, mean, there's narrative oh, well, there's, I think there Natalie can be narrative, but like it just it evolves, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, and I think I've just, I mean, I've trained in improv so much over the years at different schools and with different teachers, and everybody. I mean, I'm this happens in, but like it just feels like everybody has a, an opinion about what improv is supposed to be and like don't be like mm-hmm. that be, do it like this and like as a person who is already like over analytical I just find it really freeing mm-hmm. to to play in a Me form too. that's more like impulsive and in my body and not worried like is this what I'm supposed is this game <laughs> like is oh this game God. right now yeah. <laughs> what's the best second beat okay. yeah exactly oh, I don't want to yeah. ever to, th- to think about that again but yeah. um but I also but I also miss improv so I'm oh, talking me too and I'm like shit yeah, talking yeah. it but I love it yeah you know? I'm shit talking <laughs> it but then I'm like doing an improvised movie with complicated the most complicated narrative right is, like my favorite thing in the world right. so <laughs> go figure yeah <laughs> we we'll love it all yeah Cool. Well, awesome. Well, and this has been awesome. Would you tell the audience where they can find you on internet and if there's anything uh, they can uh, they can do, like follow you or find your show or anything at all? Yes. Um, okay. So I am mostly on Instagram uh, more than any other social media, and my Instagram handle is spelled out initials A Z. 
Um, but if you just look up my name, Anne, A-N-N-E, oh, it's going to be in the notes, but I'm going to spell it for you now because I've committed. Mm-hmm. And yes. my last name is Xander, Z is in zebra, A-N-D-E-R. Uh, if you look me up, you'll you'll find me on Instagram. And I'm not the most active on social media, but I, I go through bursts, you know, mm-hmm. and I've been posting Wait more like, burst. yeah, <laughs> posting more like digital stuff, like videos and like tra- playing with this clowning. And I have a show running right now through February 15th. So it might not be up still when, um, when this comes out called prolific, which is a uh, premise of which is, I just want to feel smug. And I think the best way to do that is to have a baby and a thriving career, but I don't have either at the moment. Um, so it's, it's just like a 15 minute show. It's clowny. It's absurd. Uh, and that's running at fertile ground festival. So you can find that. Um, if again, on my Instagram, I have a link up now. It's, it's running at the festival through the 15th. I will probably post it somewhere afterwards. I just haven't done that yet. So if, if I do, Let I'll send you guys. Let us know you can put it in the I'll send you guys uh, the link. But, yeah, that's called Prolific. I have a website, anzander.com. And I'm also on Facebook, at Anzander Comedy, oh, which is like where I post if I'm performing and that kind of that kind of stuff. I'm technically on Twitter, at Ann mm-hmm. underscore Xander, but I don't think I've posted on there for like two years. So definitely, <laughs> like, t- Twitter is like the final, you know. The <laughs> I graveyard. Just, I just can't. I just can't. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, there are a lot of dead bodies to be found on Twitter. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of improv teams, Twitter yeah. accounts that are and, and oh not, not alive anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. I I manage a lot of dead improv accounts yeah, on many social happens. media platforms. Um, I, I like also to kill them like eventually. Yes, uh, my solo show Juice Box. I will be performing live again at some point, and th- and that yeah. I play a, a teenager the whole time who's a clown. Um, kind of discovering my sexuality. <laughs> so oh, it's, and I've seen tiny parts of it. Yeah. And they are amazing. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, that's one I might put online at some point too. But, you know, you gotta, you gotta decide what to give the people. Gotta get and that what vaccine, to, yeah. y'all, first. And yeah. Then get out there and watch, watch it <laughs> yeah, live. Exactly. So 2022, oh, look out for yes. me on oh, tour. God, please. <laughs> and thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you. Joe, I just took a drink of water right now. I know. <laughs> right. Like, it was an awkward pause. Timing. And I was like, Joe, what, what are you? While Anne is drinking her water, tell us what's going on with you. Uh, well, I'm not sure when this will come out, but my Kickstarter for my comic book might be up. Uh, so check it out. Just follow me on social media at Joe Cabello. And if it's not, if it's over by then, then the comic book will be available to buy as well. Ooh. So you'll be able to find it. Awesome. Thank you both, and thank you, Mr. Owl, for this musical track. Thank you, Elizabeth Salute, for artwork, and thank you for listening.